does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Tuesday. Thanks for waking up with us. It is the Wake Up Call right here on The Fan. Hanging out with you on this Tuesday in the DriveHubler.com studios. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton hanging out with us. Producing today's effort. Shane Steichen talking about Jonathan Taylor. Talking about Anthony Richardson. And uh, we have tons to unpack. Monday Night Football. Gruesome. Gruesome injury to Nick Chubb. Would the Browns ever think about calling the Colts. We can talk about that. Julian Blackman going to join us coming up here in about a half an hour. Joel A. Erickson in the 8 o'clock hour. KB, a very good morning. Is your belly full from your uh, fettuccine Alfredo from oh, yesterday? Absolutely delicious. Good, Maddie good, Bowen good. outstanding. There we go. Uh, yes, the fettuccine Alfredo. Hit the point here. Uh, no better birthday <laughs> present to welcome in number 34. Get I do in my belly. <laughs> I do want to make just one amendment. Julian Blackman tomorrow. Oh, is he tomorrow? I apologize. I thought he was today. 30, yeah. Oh, goodness. So, uh, we will get the Colts safety. Ten tackles for him. I didn't read your text. Coming yeah. out of Sunday. I, I just I, looked at it. Don't know if we got people holding on until 730 <laughs> on you know pins and needles, but just in case they are, Julian Blackman going He's to tomorrow. join us. I apologize. Uh, tomorrow. What a start to the show. Uh, well, I'm like Deshaun Watson right now <laughs> no it was a great birthday uh you know mark asked me in the break room you know hey do you have a fun birthday celebration and you know kind of at this point it was like okay max got four shots yesterday for his one-year-old appointment so he had to get down early and you know i i did have some work stuff that kind of lingered into the six o'clock hour so uh, Birthdays at 34 take a little bit of the back burner in the Bowen household. <laughs> you, you, you're sounding 100 years old right now. And it's, uh, well, I, it's a Monday night. You, you go out last weekend or you go out this feel. weekend. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, trust you don't me. go out on a Monday night. Yeah, I mean, you have a little Alfredo. You hit the sack early. I mean, yeah. it's okay. I was not finding the bar d- deals on Monday night of, oh, yeah, $2 Wells, come on down. <laughs> uh, I did not indulge in any of that, but. Watching some of the start to Monday Night Football, it felt like I might need to dip into the Wells yeah, cabinet. How bad to, is Deshaun uh, Watson now, man? He's how about the so Colts play up. all four of those teams this year? Uh, yes, they do. Yes, they and Kenny Pickett. I mean, he ain't much better, man. No, well, it helps when George Pickens runs after the catch like he did last night. Yeah, that was vintage Steelers Ooh. when the defense scores more points than the offense. I think Colts fans can certainly reminisce about some Steelers matchups. And when that has happened, boy, I felt bad for Dewan Jones, the Ben Davis product. Getting his first NFL start at right tackle. Uh, I love that they that they showed the basketball highlights. That's uh, often what they've done. They did that back in the draft when he got drafted. Uh, T.J. Watt is quite the welcome to the NFL <laughs> introduction there. Yeah. Oh, you think so? Is he going to be better than his brother? That's what ESPN Radio was discussing today. I said this to you before we went on the air. The Cleveland Browns have been losing that game. Their fans have watched them lose that game for 30 years. They, I mean, have, have they not? Well, I mean, they outplayed the Steelers, right? The Steelers well, especially are dreadful. to Pittsburgh, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you fumble, and one of their star defensive players picks it up and walks in. You still have seven minutes on the 
the clock, and there you go. So, a uh, busy day in the NFL. Those games, at least the Steelers and Browns gave you something, a close game towards the end. Carolina, New Orleans, Wolf. Um, it was football. It was something to watch. It was on at 7.15 an hour earlier than usual, and that's about the only positive, but the Saints are 2-0. and uh, Their defense is looking good. I mean, listen, Nick Chubb, that gruesome injury. I mean, Cleveland has put so many draft picks and capital into Deshaun Watson. They don't have a first rounder this year. Would they ever call you know call the Colts? I mean, let's just throw it out there. We've been talking about teams that are going for it, KB. Have we not? Uh, that sustain a major running back uh, injury, and that happened last night. It's something we've been talking about really before the season and even week one, and it happened last night, and then... God bless him because last night I texted you guys. I was uh, my wife was asleep. You were I sipping was, on the bourbon. I was sipping on the bourbon, which you guys will learn is uh, a little bit, you know, kind of an. I don't know if it's a nightly thing, but it might be a nightly thing at times. Uh, <laughs> is si- sipping on the bourbon, and God bless Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen went to like it's like he he was under the tutelage of Bill Belichick in these press conferences, KB. <laughs> He ain't going to give you much. My man ain't going to say much. Uh, But Shane Steichen did talk Jonathan Taylor, and he did talk Anthony Richardson. Obviously, we'll sit around and wait to see what happens with AR the next few days. Yeah, it was... um it's a, it's a bit like pulling teeth uh, with Shane Steichen and uh, some of the questions that you, you have to ask him. Um, I do think we can get to this, um, and this might be premature to say on a Tuesday morning. We're going to have Will Carroll, the injury expert, join us at 9 o'clock, who I think is certainly much more background in injuries, concussions, those sorts of things. But I point to a couple of things that have transpired since Anthony Richardson left the game on Sunday and think, are these reasons for optimism in this not being a prolonged absence? Again, it might be premature for me to say that, but I do think there are a couple of things you can point to based off some words that I'm hearing, based off some actions that I'm seeing, that I look at the Richardson situation and think, okay, he's not going to be out for multiple weeks, or you know, he might even play on, on Sunday. Again, it might be a little too early to say that, and as we've seen with concussions in the past... Sometimes guys get back to practice, they get back to some sort of contact, and then they have a setback. You know, they get to whatever, step three or step four of the concussion protocol, and then, oh boy, they don't pass that, so then they go back to the uh, to the start of it. We'll get into what that concussion protocol is exactly. Again, Ryan Kelly also in concussion protocol, and I do think it's worth mentioning, Andy. I know that name just won't dominate the storylines this week because Richardson... Uh, is dealing with his own thing. That's a big one, though. But Ryan Kelly missed over a month back in 2017 due to a concussion. It was late in the season. He ended up going on injured reserve. Um, So, yeah, it's a big one in the sense of, you know, Wesley French came into the game. I actually thought he did a nice job. But you got to be honest, Wesley French, that's his first NFL action. The challenge in Baltimore is going to look a whole lot different than the challenge of the Houston Texans. So uh, that'll be something certainly to keep an eye on. Not only because, again, it's the center and Ryan Kelly's your most veteran guy on your football team, but for Kelly himself, this is a guy that, you know, has been through a lot, frankly, off the field. And 
with concussions as well. So uh, we'll uh, certainly keep an eye on that. Yeah, I mean, whenever whenever you're dealing with concussions, uh, the, the the worst thing about it is 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 obviously because of the severity, but it's also there's just so little information that you're going to get this week, right? I mean, we're just going to sit here and we're going to have to have the conversations about Anthony Richardson, and there's no way to have the conversation about Anthony Richardson, right? And it's not one of those where you can say, well, it's it's an ankle. Get out there. We'll see if he can go. Yeah, yeah, tough uh, it out. And, and so much is out of the hands, if you will, of even uh, the Colts. And we talked about that yesterday. Um, I mean, we can play as we go. Shane Steichen, I mean, you ask him about, and I have it here. We, You did ask him yesterday about if AR is cleared, is he going to play? And I guess, I mean, that was one of the main questions I was kind of interested in. We, we talked about that yesterday, did we not? I mean, the conversation of, hey, this guy has not started. He started two games. He has not finished either game right now in his very young NFL career. Well, if that's the case, you know, Baltimore is one of those games. That's an uphill battle anyway, right? Going on the road to Baltimore. Uh, the Ravens, one of the top five or six teams, no doubt, in the NFL. Um, and, and then after that, schedule lightens up a little bit. I mean, it lightens up a little bit to where I think they're much more winnable games. They come back home. Uh, the Rams are playing, you know, nice football, but they're still not the Ravens. Yeah, I am uh I think update-wise, again, I think there are some reasons for potential optimism, and I want to make sure that we get to that um, here in a little bit. But Wednesday, I mean, tomorrow will be the first day of practice. If you want to go off, and again, I know concussions are not all the same, so I, I apologize for you know even acting like that they are, but the most recent concussion that the Colts have had is Drew Ogletree. We saw him, you know, visibly we saw the hit in week one. Like, that one was easy to see versus the Richardson one, obviously. Richardson stayed in the game for a couple series. Uh, But if you go off Ogletree last week, he did not practice Wednesday, was in a red jersey on Thursday, non-contact, practiced Friday, so he progressed. No practice, limited, full. Those were his three days of work last week. He cleared. He was good to go if they wanted him to play on Sunday. So that just gives you a general timeline. If Richardson is out there tomorrow, that's a good sign for him being cleared by Sunday. If he is not out there tomorrow, it's not a great sign. But again, in Ogletree's case, he's still cleared by Sunday. So just because you don't practice Wednesday doesn't eliminate you from passing those five steps. The only thing would be Ogletree. I mean, you saw you saw the different tight ends. We've talked about that tight end room, and I know you know this. The thir- the um, the three other tight ends can make up for Ogletree, right? And so the necessity of needing him out there uh, is one thing. Does it move the needle at all for you guys? What happened to Nick Chubb last night? as it pertains to Jonathan Taylor. Because I want to get to some of this Steichen sound. I thought his back and forth with James Boyd, I thought he talked as much and almost as openly about Jonathan Taylor as we have got in as many weeks. And and they're a team that went all in, that spent all the capital on Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, uh, when you know, and I don't think he'll really do this, but when people like Jonathan Taylor will sit out a year, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Le'Veon Bell did that. Where's his career? Deshaun Watson missed, what, a year and a half of football, KB? Look at him. I mean, is Deshaun Watson a top 25 quarterback in the NFL right now? Is he? 
I don't think so. In Cleveland, no first-round pick. They do have a second-rounder, a third-rounder, perhaps a couple fifth-rounders, a sixth-rounder, and two seventh-rounders. I am interested. Mike Lombardi, who I think you guys had on last week, you know, he he said on Twitter, will Chris Ballard be fielding a call from the Cleveland Browns who went all-in? That is a winnable division. The Steelers aren't very good, and Joe Burrow's injured. Ladies and gentlemen, I know. I please have your attention. <laughs> we have I've breaking just been news. handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Was that and the breaking news? I need news? all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Is Jeff Saturday back at ESPN? Are you seeing this? I, I, where, where's he at? Where, a, where, where's uh, he at? Dan Graziano just about a minute ago tweeted out, Get up Tuesday crew back together. And I'll a picture back. of Dan Graziano, uh, Mike Greenberg, and Jeff Saturday. I'm seeing go. him right there. Is I'm he see- finally making a return to TV? This will be his. Uh, this will be the first time he speaks publicly. <laughs> well, since he last did, season. He did speak at the uh, golf outing here in Indy with Anthony Calhoun a couple weeks ago. Um, in true Jeff Saturday fashion, he was you know a very stand up individual and talking about last season and his hopes for Anthony Richardson and the Colts moving forward there. So yeah, I, I always thought it made sense for him to go back to ESPN. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever you have your Brandon Staley, Matt Eberflus get fired mid season, boom, there's Jeff Saturday being able to talk about what it's like being an interim head coach. Um, I, I do want to hit on what you just said there, Andy, Jonathan Taylor and the Browns. I, I'd be stunned. I, I don't think it makes sense I, I, at all, really, for a couple of reasons. One, I mean, you're obviously paying Nick Chubb a large amount of money. You don't have the first-round pick. Uh, I would assume Kareem Hunt would make some sense, considering the hey, bring him back. recent yeah. history there. Plus, you know, Andrew Barry, their general manager, was in Indianapolis when the Colts made that trade of Trent Richardson. I would think Andrew Barry would have some scar tissue over what the Colts gave up for Trent Richardson. I get that Jonathan Taylor is not Trent Richardson, but uh, if that goes wrong or if Taylor is to suffer some serious injury, then all of a sudden um, you are in a world of hurt in whatever trying to reshape things moving forward. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's almost too much investment at, at at running back if they make that move for Taylor and Chubb. Granted, you know, maybe you look at Chubb's injury last night and maybe you have a question about him ever playing again. Um, Chubb's still 27 years old. He obviously went through a lot of Georgia from a knee injury standpoint and has still been a great, great running back in the NFL. But I, I can't see the Browns on that list. Is that a dirty hit last night? I struggle with it. Is yeah, that a dirty... I, and did you watch it? Yeah. It, did you it, watch it? They didn't I, show the replay. Did you dial up Twitter and find out what that looked like? I, did, I wasn't seeking it out, but it did pop up on my... So you've seen my, it. Uh, so you've seen it then. You know, I'm not the injury guy that goes and looks in, and tries to yeah, find those I, injuries. I, I didn't want to, but again, it, it, it popped up. You know what? You had a couple defenders going high, and Minka, mm-hmm. Minka Fitzpatrick comes in and goes low. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, if <laughs> Nick Chubb breaks a tackle there, and Minka Fitzpatrick doesn't try to hit him, it isn't half the world saying, "Well, what a lazy effort by by Minka there. Why didn't he try to take him down?" I mean, I don't know. I guess he went right at his knee. I, I, I sometimes I just give defenders a little bit of the benefit of the doubt in terms of you know where is that hit area and how quickly that can change and those sorts of things Mika Fitzpatrick also got hurt last night and he is a hell of a player uh, so a lot to get to today on the wake up call with KB and Andy good Tuesday morning to everybody out there thank you for tuning in as we said Will Carroll the injury expert going to join us coming up at 9 o'clock get more into concussions the protocol the steps you know is this something to wear you know, seven days removed from one is different than 14 days removed from one. Would you sit Anthony Richardson even if he clears concussion protocol? And then Joel A. Erickson at 8.30. We'll get more into what happened in the Colts' first 
win of the season and the rare road multi-score divisional win that they got on Sunday. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hanging out with you on a Tuesday here on The Fan. It's the Wake Up Call. Busy show today. A lot of Jonathan Taylor, Anthony Richardson news, the injury to Nick Chubb, and so much more. Reminder, Will Carroll going to join us coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. We'll talk about Anthony Richardson, some injuries, uh, not only with the Colts, but in the NFL. But it's 8.30 on a Tuesday. You know what that means. Joel A. Erickson joins us here on the program, and he's on live on the Pay Less Liquors hotline. Uh, Joel, a very happy morning to you, my sir, my good sir. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Andy. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing fantastic. KB just turned 34. He's feeling good. He's feeling like a new energized man today. Uh, I can I can tell I by I can tell by looking at him. Uh, how do we begin to have this conversation, Joel? I mean, we're not going to know for several days here if AR is going to be out there. He played two possessions after sustaining the concussion. He reported it. That's also uh, him reporting that to the Colts is also part of the story. I guess. What do you make of it following the team? and we just kind of sit around and wait and see if he's going to be, uh, you know, in Baltimore on Sunday. Yeah, I I think that's the important thing to remember is just there's really not a way to uh, predict uh, how a concussion recovery might go. It just, there just isn't. Um, My my editor at the Star, Nat Newell, looked up pro football reference. He looked up anybody who was listed with a a concussion on on an injury report last year. And the outcomes for when they returned to play ranged from uh, playing right away after one week to missing three three weeks. There, there's there, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I don't think you can know by um, you know whether or not you saw it, how, how you saw it, that kind of thing. Uh, it, it's important to remember. I mean, it, concussions are are fickle, notoriously fickle, and and the symptoms are odd. And you know, for even progressing through the uh, protocol it's important to remember that sometimes it doesn't happen very often, but sometimes guys get to certain steps in the protocol and end up having to go back. It, it's, it's not a, an injury that you can predict. And I think that's probably the most important thing to remember uh, with, with the starting quarterback of the Colts having, having de- dealing with one. Yeah. I think I looked up last year, the Colts had eight guys suffer concussions. Two of the eight came back and played the next week. So, you know, whatever. 25% there. I think mostly league-wide. It's kind of 15 to 20%. But to Joel's point, tons of gray area with this. Getting Joel Erickson with us from the Indianapolis Star. Joel, you think in any way, shape, or form as this week plays out, the lack of quarterback reps early in the week would say to the Colts, all right, let's go with Gardner Minshew, or and this is a question that Shane Steichen didn't want to answer uh, yesterday. Do you think there's any chance we could get to the end of the week? Richardson clears concussion protocol like Drew Ogletree did last week, but they still choose not to play him in the game. Yeah, I, I think I think all of that's possible. The Ogletree thing, I I was trying to remember if I'd ever if I ever could if I could remember a team doing that where a player came back off the concussion protocol and, and was still put on the inactive list. I couldn't off the top of my head. I'm sure other teams have done it. Um, I'm sure it's not the first time, but it definitely sort of leaves open the precedent that it's possible. And the practice time is is interesting because you know as, as you go through these steps, um, I, I 
Obviously, if he's if he's you know if if he's in a red jersey on one of those days, he can he can practice. It's, it's a quarterback. He's you can be completely full in a red jersey in terms of participation. But but yeah, the, the, it, it was interesting. It was it was definitely interesting that that Ogletree was still inactive. I believe Steichen said coach's decision on that. I was I was still on the plane yesterday when he was talking. Yeah, yeah, that is that is what he said on that. Um. I do have one. Again, Joel Erickson is with us here from the star. I think it was you, me, and Stephen Holder out of practice last week. And I brought it to you guys like, I'm really curious what Anthony Richardson looks like as a quarterback at age 26 or age 28 or, you know, go to a decade into the league. Because when you see guys that are extremely gifted as runners, that doesn't really have staying power into their 30s. I know Michael Vick dealt with a whole lot, obviously, off the field, but you know he was a much different quarterback as his career, you know, got to that back half of of a of a decade, if you will. Um, how much, if any, do you think Richardson will have to alter that playing style to be a guy that is a 10 year vet and is playing at a Pro Bowl high level, you know, at age 30, 31? Well, I I think that that's I think that that's that's interesting, and the conversation you're talking about, we were kind of throwing out different different names um, in terms of like Cam Newton really got eight years as as the starter and the driving force in Carolina before he kind of started to break down. Um, Randall Cunningham with the Eagles was a sensation, like all you know that's that's a long time ago, but he was a sensation as a dual threat type player, and injuries eventually ended up. Uh, limiting his time with Eagles, he sort of came back and had a, a second life as a as a pocket passer with the Vikings. Um, you know that it's at some point. At some point, uh, I think, and Chris Ballard has said this: they all have to play from the pocket. And I think that as as you get older, as you slow down, um, or or as you get injured, you're going to have to be able to play from the pocket. In, in terms of that, I think I think even even not in the. Uh, in the super long term, even in the short term, I, I was thinking about just what we're seeing with the Bears and Justin Fields uh, in terms of him as a passer and, and questions that are arising now and kind of having the conversation about, yeah, it, it is time for Justin Fields to sort of be taking the next step as a passer and not being a runner. Now, I, I think what we've seen from Richardson in the passing game early on is, is, has been good. Sure. The, you know, the, the limited steps we've seen, it's been it's been – it's been pretty good, better than I expected. Um, but yeah, that's ultimately going to be a big deal going forward for him. Is is how how does he pass? What what does that mean? Um, you, you you running helps, but you're still going to have to be able to throw it. And I, I can't remember. I didn't see any of the Bears game, but I was just seeing some of the reaction to the Bears game on Sunday and, and the reaction to the Bears game last week, and just thinking that you know that if that you can't. As much as people like the Justin Fields highlights, I think the questions they're asking about him as a passer now are warranted three years into his career. And that sort of tells you, you know, for all of these running quarterbacks, like you're going to have to be able to be a, a, a passing weapon too. And, and I would say almost primarily. Um, like at some point the passing has to take over the running and the running has to be uh, a secondary part of your game. 
If you want to know how miserable Bears fans are when we're done with this, uh, uh, we'll put you on hold and Mark Dykting can uh, explain to you uh, how unbearable they are. Those seems to be the Joel, you want to meet at a local pub later? I can talk to you for... You guys can watch a Cubs game together. Yeah, he'll empty his soul to you about the the ineptitude of the Chicago Bears. Uh, I guess last one for me on just this particular subject, and Joel A. Erickson with us here on the fan on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Level of worry. I I think fans... Kind of, I think some fans maybe not freaking out. It's just, you know, and it's just a hit he took going into the end zone. Not maybe not that bad, but then so many remember the drama and the injuries around, you know, Andrew Luck, obviously. I mean, 13 runs, three injuries, hasn't finished either game here early on in his NFL career. I guess if I made you choose one to 10, what is the level of worry about the injuries building up for AR this early? For for me, it's not very high yet. Okay, honestly, for me, for me, I'm I'm on like a, a two or a three. It, you know, he wasn't really on the injury report last week um, with with what he left with in, in the first game. Um, the, the, yeah, obviously, you're concerned about concussions. You, you don't want players to get concussions, um, but they do happen, and it's it's just too small of a sample size for me. It's too small of a sample size for me to to say sweepingly that he's he's always going to be dealing with this um and and that you know what we've seen in the first two games is what we're going to see going going forward i mean obviously i think i think it's it's definitely a concern you and, and for jim ursay it's a concern in terms of the long term of it he, he said in the offseason you know you you want um your quarterback has to be on the field and has to be healthy uh but but it's just it's just too small of a sample size. It's just it's just just two games so far. I I think that I think that it has to it has to get more pronounced and go on further than this before it becomes something that I think is a a concern for me over just his development and how he's how he's playing and that kind of thing. And Joel A. Erickson is with us here from the Indianapolis Star. Joel, I know you had um, a little bit on Juju Brents I wanted to get to here in just a second because that storyline is starting to rise a little bit after um, you know him being a healthy scratch these first two games and, and DJ Baker's play um, from Sunday. Uh, but on the Jonathan Taylor front, uh, either the video that Taylor released on Friday, the performance of Zach Moss on Sunday, you combine those two items. I guess maybe let's toss in Shane Steichen's comments about we're expecting you know Taylor to be back in week five from yesterday. Any of that stuff change where you think Taylor will be come week five when he is eligible to come off the pup list? That's a good question. I I still think that if if the if the reported asks for the Colts are are what they're still looking for, that it's going to be hard to, for them to find that the value that they're looking for. I don't know that you're going to get a you know, Jalen Waddle, Christian Watson type player uh, as, as a receiver back, um, but you know, there's also there's also the element of um, what happens if a team is contending and they feel like that's what could put them over the top. You know, that's that's sort of the Christian McCaffrey scenario, um, and, and you know, does somebody take a big swing in that scenario with draft picks or something like that? I, I do think that as injuries happen and as as the the, the season plays out that there there is a possibility there's always a possibility that some team could decide that they need a finishing piece for a Super Bowl. Um, I think it'd be it, I, I think completely dismissing that um, ignores 
you know, a lot of trades that have happened recently, both prior to the season and then at the deadline. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, that price point and the one that's been reported is pretty high. And I keep thinking he's going to end up having to play uh, for the Colts. And and that, that, that will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how he um, goes into the, uh, you know, how, how he fits into the offense and how everything works out. Last one for me, Joel A. Erickson with us here on The Fan. KB just mentioned it, Juju Brents practicing, not playing on Sundays, not active in Houston. We saw, uh, you know, perhaps Daryl Baker be picked on a little bit over the weekend. How do you handicap what's going on there with him? Well, so I talked to I talked to defensive backs coach Ron Milas last week about Brents, and um I love I love talking to Ron. You can learn a lot from talking to Ron. He was very adamant that there it is not time to freak out about Juju Brents yet, and um, like more adamant and and animated than usual about it. He told me he told me several times. There's nothing else going on there. He's coming. He's coming. There's nothing else going on there. I think I think ultimately I, I understand if if we're halfway through the season and he's still inactive that you know the concern of having a rookie who's not playing but I, I just going off of what a defensive backs coach said last week it it just sounded like he really only got two weeks of practice in the entire off season between his off season wrist surgery and ham and his hamstring and uh and and that sounded to me like that was the genesis of why he's been inactive so far i i i based on that conversation and, and again just how many times he told me there's nothing else going on there Stop worrying about it. Uh, I'm going to give it a little more time. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. Like, it's not shocking to me at all that he has yet to push for playing time. You know, maybe dressing. I, it, you know, Jalen Jones, I think, deserved it. He was just available a little bit more. It's two weeks in. Um, I think as we get, you know, into the you know, back stretch of September, October, that's when, you know, maybe he'll have the opportunity to earn more of that. But, um, I think as of now, I, I, I'm not too surprised to see the lack of either playing time for him or even um, dressing as of now. But we'll see how the next couple of weeks play out. All right, Joel, uh, thank you for the time on this Tuesday morning. Good luck to your Brewers here down the stretch. I think I mean that. I don't know if I really mean it, but it just sounded like a nice thing to say. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I uh I, uh, I, I'm, I'm still nervous as always. I, I won't be nervous until they clinch, and then I'll just be nervous about the playoffs. That's just the type of fan I am. So, Mark Dykes and I would cut off a pinky to be feeling your nerves versus our nerves here over the final <laughs> yep. couple weeks of the season. Uh, Joel, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
Will Carroll going to join us here in just a second. Appreciate Joel A. Erickson in the 8 o'clock hour. You miss anything, go back, watch the show on YouTube. Find the podcast as well. We always appreciate when you do that. And as always, 9 o'clock hour, hanging out with you in the DriveHubler.com studios. All right, let's jump into it. Uh, Anthony Richardson, Ryan Kelly, both dealing with concussions. Obviously, we've talked a ton of Anthony Richardson. Will he, will he not play on Sunday and much more? So let's bring Will in. You can catch his stuff at Injury Expert if you want to do so on Twitter or find him on a Substack under the knife.substack.com. Will, good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Man, we're fantastic. Appreciate you joining us, uh, enlightening us on the process. We're all learning here. Obviously, it's changed the last few years uh, in the NFL. Anthony Richardson goes into concussion protocol. What will he, the Colts in the NFL, be looking at here over the next several days? Yeah, it's it's basically the same five-step process that we've had for a while. You go stepwise. You have to get rid of the symptoms. Then you have some limited activity. You do a little exercising. Maybe you're riding the bike. Maybe you're on uh, the treadmill. Then you go out to practice. You're not allowed contact. You're not allowed to do certain things. And then you have to be checked out by the independent neurologist. Uh, and that comes last. Theoretically, this is supposed to take five days, but it doesn't always do that. We've seen it happen in as little as three. At the end of that, you're cleared to play, and then it becomes a football decision. Do you want to hold somebody out? Yeah, there, there's data that shows that quarterbacks take longer to come back from concussion. That data is a little bit skewed, largely because Tua Tagovailoa didn't come back last year. There was the whole situation with his concussions being missed, having two concussions in a short period of time. And there was such controversy, the Dolphins basically just held him out uh more because of the pressure than as a precaution. So it skewed the data a little bit. Most of the time, guys come back. Uh, if, if it's a Sunday, they come back on the following Sunday. The short weeks have thrown this as well, uh, just because we've seen guys can't make it back by the following uh, Thursday. Uh, just like we, we're not going to see Saquon Barkley right. this week after his ankle. Yeah, I was I was going to ask just as a follow-up, what is what does the data say about guys coming back the next week if they enter protocol? Uh, it, it, it entirely depends on how they progress. You know, there are guys, I can remember Andrew Luck a couple of years ago reported his concussion after the game, never had a symptom, but he failed the concussion test for whatever reason. They went back and they found the hit. It was a pretty solid helmet-to-helmet hit, uh, and, and God knows he got hit enough while he was here. Uh, so uh, it, it really depends on the symptoms, and that's the problem with concussion. You know, if you have a, a broken leg or a horrid knee injury like we saw last night, um, is Monday Night Football cursed, by the way? I mean, yeah. what's going on with that? Back-to-back weeks, uh, yeah. Back-to-back weeks, Aaron uh, Rodgers and Nick Chubb. It goes back to last year when Kyler Murray hurt himself and we, uh, Damar Hamlin. We can't forget that. It's kind of crazy. Um, but it's one of those situations where you know you don't see a concussion. Obviously, with Richardson, nobody saw the concussion. He had to self-report it. Uh, even afterwards, you don't know. You know, there are people that, uh, like Luck, he never really had a symptom but failed the, the initial test. Uh, there are guys like Mike Matheny, the former Cardinal catcher and manager, uh, who still has symptoms nearly 20 years after his concussion. He can't look up without getting dizzy. Uh, so he actually trained himself not to follow the ball when he was in the dugout. Uh, so there's situations like that. And obviously, we don't know anything about the long-term effects of head injuries, whether it's concussion or not. 
Again, Will Carroll, the injury expert. Always enjoy our conversations with Will. He's with us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Will, um, concussions obviously are not all the same, so I, I fit, feel a bit mm-hmm. foolish in even saying some of this stuff, but I'm curious. Should we be reading into any of these as signs of optimism for Anthony Richardson? One, he wasn't knocked out cold on Sunday. Um mm-hmm. It, the Colts are saying he felt good on Monday. He was out in public last night watching his little brother, you know, play football for Westfield. Any of those signs for optimism, or is that idiotic? You know, I, you can't really judge a concussion by what you see. Um, you know, if you're knocked out, there are guys who get knocked out cold, have been down, and get back up. I mean, I always think of, of especially with boxers. Uh, they're clearly concussed, and they keep fighting. Um, Tyson Fury, a couple of years ago, uh, he was down. He was out, and he popped up like the Undertaker and managed to win the fight. Um, but, no, you can't really judge anything from that because we don't know what's going on with the brain. Again, the concussion isn't something we can see. It's barely something we can grade. It's only something we talk about with severity after someone's better. We go, wow, that took a long time. It must have been serious. Um him being out actually is a good sign. Uh, you know, there there was a period of time where we thought, you know, you basically had to stick somebody in a dark room. Yeah, you kind of uh, isolate them, right? Yeah, it was thought that would shut down the brain. Turns out, not the case. If you've ever laid down uh, in a dark room with your own thoughts, it's not always the quietest place. Uh, so we've gotten a little bit away from that. But the bright lights are actually something that often triggers symptoms. Again, not always, uh, but being in a situation where there's a little bit of loudness, a, l- a lot of light, uh, does indicate they're not that worried about it and telling him to stay home, stay in bed, do anything special. The other one question that I have kind of exiting Sunday is, okay, let's say Anthony Richardson passes the concussion protocol on Saturday morning. Would it be beneficial at all to then still sit him for another week. Basically, what I'm asking, Will, is if you are seven days removed from suffering a concussion compared to 14 days removed, where is the re-injury of that? Like, you know, sometimes, okay, you got an ankle, sit for an extra week because you lessen the chance to sprain it again. Is that apply here at all? A little bit. I mean, you're always going to be... Uh, more cautious with your your talented young quarterback than you are somebody you really don't care about. Um, so yes, but you know when somebody comes back from a knee injury, once they're cleared, you don't start saying, "Well, maybe we should hold them out another six weeks." Let's see. I don't know. When somebody, you know, when little Timmy breaks his arm falling off his, his skateboard, you don't tell him, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't skateboard once it's healed. Maybe wait a couple weeks." If you if you're cleared to play, if you're physically able to play. You should play, um, though there are reasons not to. If you don't have the confidence to go out there, if they're talking to him and they think he needs more time, absolutely. But that's the same case with anything else. Um, you know, would another week help? We don't know. Um, yeah, not really, uh, because you know, if you're cleared to play, then you have no symptoms. Um, you know, having multiple concussions is bad, but it's not like you're more likely to have one. There's a lot of talk about second impact syndrome, having them close together. That's very literally in the same game, and it's been debunked. It happens in developing. The fact that Richardson is so young comes in a little bit, but you know, is his brain still developing? Uh, is his body still developing? I mean, he's a pretty big dude. He looks full-grown to me, but I don't know that. 
Will Carroll with us here. It's a Tuesday on the fan. He reported it. Now, he did come back yeah. and he had two possessions, but he reported it uh, You know, to trainers and talked to other players about, hey, I don't feel right. I got nailed there going into the end zone. You followed this for a number of years. That seems like that is growth from the NFL that a player reported that. I, I feel like a, you know, a few years ago, that still would not have happened, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, a long time ago, the coaches wouldn't have listened. Uh, right. It's positive in that it might be generational change. He's young. He's heard about this since he was his brother's age, uh, was taking concussions a lot more seriously. It's not just getting your bell rung. It's not, uh, you know, take a smelling salt and get back out there. Now we know it's actually a traumatic brain injury. You have to take it seriously. It's a positive, and then it shows trust with the medical staff. He hasn't been here that long, that he has enough confidence confidence and you know self-preservation instinct to to go to the athletic trainers and say hey not feeling right uh since i took that hit the fact that they missed the hit i mean it was the spotters it's difficult from the sidelines but the spotters are supposed to catch it teammates didn't catch it um you know, we've, we've seen that last year I'm, I'm curious to see what the nfl does in response to this i know they're investigating why this was missed uh just to try to get better and credit where credit is due the nfl has tried to make its concussion protocol better. They brought in the spotters the, the last couple of years. I think there's more they can do, and it'll be interesting to see if they do. I, I guess a follow would the helmets, you know, I, I forget who, I think it was James Boyd of The Athletic was in with Jake, and I think I think KB, they were talking about this. Would the helmets, like the shell helmets, the padded helmets that they wear when they do these, um, yeah, training you know, camp and yeah, practice, yeah, yeah, training yeah. camp practice and everything else, do you think that would help? Not really. Okay. You know, the Guardian caps, um, the problem is they come off. Um, so in training camp, they're not hitting as hard. Uh, they prevent more of the, the, the accidental, coincidental hits. Um, and, and they get dirty. They get gross. I think it was the Bills that wore them for a little while. I think it was Don Beebe for some reason. It was. Uh, it it was. Don, Don Beebe. And, man, it might have been Steve Tasker, too, wore one at some point. But I know it was him yeah. for sure. And it was because they were both special teams guys. And that's where we've seen so many concussions. And they've they've gone back and done that. The XFL has an entirely different rule, uh, one that I, I really think uh, should be adopted by the NFL. It was actually a whole chapter in my book, The Science of Football, as to why uh, that 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 type of thing was adopted. But I don't think, you know, the guarding caps wouldn't hurt, but they look weird. And you go back to baseball when we had the padded hats for pitchers. I mean, this year, pitchers have been hit with comebackers. We just saw uh, Anthony Misevich uh, get hit the other night from the Yankees. Uh, we've had it over and over and over. We had two skull fractures this year. Um, but pitchers wouldn't wear it because the hat looked weird. The guardian caps just look weird. I think we can make the helmets better. The NFL has done a good job with that. I would like to see a sensor. I mean, we all have a phone in our pocket. If you have an Android or an iPhone, it has a feature called crash detection. Mm-hmm. If you get the, the, the signs of a crash, if it's really loud, if you stop suddenly, uh, if the accelerometer is shaken, uh, it, it calls 911 for you. Why can't we put that in a helmet? Interesting. Uh, Will, Will Carroll, the injury expert, he's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Well, last one for me on, on this related topic. You know, as best you know, could you kind of explain what the protocol looks like for this week? I mean, I know there's like a baseline um, that you know every player has. No, um, no they don't do the baselines anymore. They do not. Uh, okay. 
No, no, they, they use a different system. Um, they, there is a test, uh, but it, it's not a baseline against it. Actually, it was the Mannings that ruined that. You know, when Peyton was talking about they, like fake they the baseline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now there's a, there's a new test now, uh, but it, again, it, it's you're tested. Uh, the test itself detects whether or not you're you're slow, whether your eyes are dragging, all, all the different symptoms uh, that we have. Uh, after that, you have to uh, be symptom free. You have to have limited activity. Like I said, it, it's like being on a treadmill or the bike and, and not having symptoms. Then it's a limited practice. You get the red jersey. You can't do certain things. But you go through practice, and if you don't have symptoms, then you go to the independent neurologist. This is supposed to be stepwise. They often do two a day. So basically every NFL city then has some independent neuro that comes into the building and makes the final call, or I guess they one of the final calls. The building, actually. Um, they've now been given these special red hats, so you can see them on the sidelines. But it is a, an independent neurologist. We saw last year, uh, this was part of the controversy with Tua, uh, the Dolphins had a guy who was kind of you know a, a little shaky on the credentials. Um, he wasn't the best. And that was addressed quickly. Uh, I I don't know. They don't advertise who it is. Uh, The Colts, I don't know if they use the same ones from week to week, but I would imagine they would. Uh, But they actually have to go to them, which is why they often do it the last thing. Either they go and see them at the stadium on Sunday, because if you don't pass that, you're not going to play. And you have to wait 48 hours. So it's usually either Friday or Sunday that they, they do that. Last one for me, Will Carroll with us here Tuesday on The Fan. Where do you come down, non-concussion related here, okay, Will? Where do you come down on, you know, Aaron Rodgers gets injured last week and everyone's crushing, um, you know, MetLife Stadium in the in the turf there. The, yeah. the, the plea to put real grass uh, into these stadiums. Where do you come down on that debate? Well, on the same week, J.K. Dobbins uh, had a similar uh, Achilles. I mean, he's obviously not as big a star as Aaron Rodgers, and it didn't happen on national TV. Well, it did happen on national TV since all the games. But it wasn't as noted as Aaron Rodgers. And this was on grass. So I don't think that's it. I think it comes down to safety. You know, overall, we've seen that the turf has more foot, ankle, and knee injuries, but it often comes down to how the, the turf is maintained. Are they rolling it up each week as happens at Lucas Oil where, you know, there's often conventions or monster trucks or Taylor Swift concerts in there. Um, That isn't great for turf, whether you put the plastic down and people are standing on it, whether you roll it up and you have to put it back down just right. Um, I'd like to see, you know, a standard that it's all the same kind of turf. Right now there's six stadiums that have turf and five different kinds of turf. Uh, the grass, there's different kinds of grass. Uh, heck, we saw it last year at the Super Bowl where the, the field was slippery uh, because of paint. Uh, so you, you get that, or heck, think back to that Hall of Fame game that didn't even get played because of paint. So the field conditions, I'd like to see standardized. I think there's a chance Rodgers could really return if for somehow yeah. miracle the Jets make the playoffs. Well, that might be a miracle. Him coming back wouldn't be. Um, I've actually got an article up at fanbuzz.com that details the kind of surgery that Neil Elitrosh, the team doctor for the Rams and the Dodgers, did for Aaron Rodgers. And it's new. I mean, it's really, really new. It hasn't been done a lot. Was that the Cam Akers surgery a couple years ago for the Super Bowl? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, very similar. Not exactly the same, but but similar technique. Uh, and he was able to come back. Uh, Rogers has a chance. Uh, it, it might not even take the playoffs. Interesting. Wow. Uh, great stuff from Will Carroll. Again, mm. fanbuzz.com, as you just mentioned, for his latest right there. Will, always enjoy our chats. Thank you. Thanks, guys.